So I'm just excited about the word that the Lord has given to me to share for you today. Now, for some of you, we've been uh, on this journey. You've been with us the entire journey. And for some of you that are new, uh, I'm going to give you a review so that way we can all arrive where God wants us to get together. Is is that okay? For some of you, allow me just to do a quick review. And then I believe there's going to be an opportunity for us to really pray and to receive what God wants us to, to receive in the days and time that we're living in. There is an empowerment that God wants to give that the government uh, organizations outside of the church just can't give it. They, they just don't have it. They don't know what it is. But God has an empowerment for the church, and he wants us to use that for his glory and for his honor. So we've been looking at strategic season. And I ha- received this word, and so uh, we first took a look at this word, and, and we talked about um, chess and the importance of being successful at playing the game of chess is that you have to have a strategy. You have to have a strategy. And so I believe that as we are almost out of the sixth month of the year, that the next few months, you need to be strategic. Uh, In your marriage, you must be strategic if you want to grow in your marriage in 2017. If you don't do anything, if you just stay the status quo, if you just stay where you are, don't be surprised you haven't grown in 2017. You have to be deliberate. You have to be strategic. If you want to parent in this culture, you have to be strategic in how you're parenting. Um, this week, uh, Lizzie and I were having a conversation uh, based on Texan. That's how you parent now. It's t- through Texan. And um, she's going back, and, and I'm going back. And I had to bring some correction to her. Uh, God bless her, but I had to bring some correction. And she said this, and she says, Dad, are you mad at me? That was her response because I was correcting her. And I said, honey, don't confuse me being mad at you with me correcting you. I'm not mad at you. And a lot of people, because they don't live a strategic life and see God's correction, they think God's mad at them. And so, therefore, they are afraid of God instead of fearing God. And so we have to be strategic. If we want to parent and raise up children who are going to be productive citizens of these United States, that one day could grace the Oval Office. Come on, somebody. I mean, this... Cities already had one president. Come on. So we already know that the DNA of a president already resides in this city. Come on. Y'all got to understand your heritage. We speak about the negativity of this city. Let's exalt the good of this city. I'm not declaring whether he's a good president or not. I'm just saying the, the position, the authority that he had is what resides in here. So don't lose me now because if you didn't think he was a good president or not or whatever, you know, his lifestyle was. I'm just simply saying that a president of these United States has here Marion, his home. So when people study the president of the United States, they have to eventually get to Marion. So we must be strategic then because obviously God is doing something in this city that we want to be able to tap into because he's not finished yet. So if you want to be a great, if you want to have a great marriage, you've got to be strategic. If you want to be a, a parent, you've got to be strategic. And I said, no, honey, don't confuse correction with me being mad at you. Because you will never receive the correction then if you think that I'm mad at you. Because you're confusing the fact that your behavior is what I'm trying to correct, not you. I love you. It's the behavior that we have to make sure lines up with what God is doing. So be an effective parent. And if you're a parent here, you need to parent prophetically in these last days. Okay. Because what happens now is that culture is accepting certain things and we are accepting it because culture accepts it. Because we don't want to go against the status quo. But you have to do that for the sake of raising a generation that's going to be healthy and productive and live strategically. So you have to have a strategy. And in your own life as well, you must have a strategy for where you want to get to in 2017. So I have an obligation as a pastor I have an obligation as a relationship expert. I have an obligation as a ministry coach. I have an obligation as a life strategist and a culture architect to make sure in these next few months that you are equipped and empowered to live a life of success in no matter what season that you're in and no matter what challenges that you're facing right now. I like being around happy people. I don't know about you, but I like being around happy people. You know what I mean? People that are productive and are going someplace. And so we have to make sure that that is what we're focused on. So you have to have a strategy. And so we talked about that. And so here's the definition of a strategic season. I hope they can get it on the screens for you. But watch this. A strategic season 
is a carefully designed, number two, moment of time when the plan of God is personally adhered to, resulting in prophetic alignment that governs your practical action steps. Let me read that again. So if you're in a strategic season, and the reason why I'm not saying it's a new season for you, because in every new season you have to be strategic. Because God is doing a new thing. Someone say he's doing a new thing. And so you have to be strategic then in this new season with what God is doing. And so it has to be a carefully designed. So everything that you're facing, all that's going on in your life, God already knows about it because he's omnipresent and he's omniscient. He knows everything. That ought to comfort somebody right now. That he knows everything. And so it's a carefully designed plan of God. Uh, this that moment of time where the plan of God... Right, right, now, now watch this now. Watch this. So in America now, the things that we are facing currently, that the media is, 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 is uh, magnifying, is so much of the division that exists in this nation. Okay? And so Sunday is considered one of the most divided day because everyone then goes, especially in, in, in church on Sunday, everyone goes to their own separate soapbox, so to speak. Okay? But here we are in a multicultural setting. So we are proving to the world that what you're hearing is not from God. This division that exists. So yesterday now, I drive my car, and um, Danny's back, so she needs to drive the car. And I said, well, I'm going to get some gas for you so you don't have to stop. And so I dropped them off after practice yesterday. And so I said, well, let me go to Kroger. And, and I drive over to Kroger, and I'm getting gas. And all of a sudden, this, this lady walks up, kind of startled me. She walks up, and she's like, um, excuse me, can you help me? And I said, um, what's up? She goes, well, my tire is low. I think I have a flat. I said, okay. So I look. And so you have to be deserted, right? So I'm like, okay, are you don't want the car? You know, I'm, I'm checking out the scenery. You know what I mean? I want to make sure if the enemy's there, I, you know, God's going to expose him so I can rebuke him and, and give him a kamikaze chop or whatever, right? Just ka-chikow, ka-chikow. So everything was cool. I'm like, all right, this is God. So I go over there, and I've always said this when I was raising my girls. I said, I want to plant seed in another daughter so that in case my daughter ever gets in the same situation, that I planted good seed that some honorable man will be to my daughter's rescue so she can get safely back home. That, that, that's, just, that's just my heart. So I'm there and that's what goes to my mind. So I'm now strategically designed. Here is God saying, no, there was enough fuel for her to get to marry and I could have got gas after. But he says, no, go get gas right now. See, that's why when we talk about strategic season, the first thing, first point I want you to write down, you must be aware, because when you're aware, it's to your advantage. If you want to always be ahead of the enemy, always be aware of God. <laughs> if you want to be and have an advantage over the enemy, the things that are robbing you of your joy, robbing you of your potential, always be aware because it's to your advantage because God is so far ahead of the enemy. The enemy, believe, uh, uh, the enemy, believe it or not, is not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He puts thoughts in your head so you make those thoughts your own. And then because you believe the lies he's given you, you empower the liar. And so what we have to do is to be aware of what God is doing so we can be in the advantage. And so here I am now, and I'm trying to change the tire. And every time I was about to quit, I'm like, you know, you got to call some, some mechanic to come and help you. I said, where do you live? She goes, Columbus. I'm like, but you're, but you're in Delaware. I said, you have a spare tire? I do. So I'm doing all these things. I mean, I'm sweating now. And I'm there. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't change the tire. I can't get the bolts off. God's like, don't give up yet. Okay. I put, and I mean, I'm jumping on this, this thing. And I'm like. Rrr, rrr, and it gives. I'm like, great. Now I got to change the tire because I got it off. So I do all that. I jack it up, right? And now I'm, I jack it up and I'm like, um, it won't come off. There's some clip that's there, and it won't come off. Sorry, you've got to call somebody else to come. You know what I mean? I've gone as far as I can. Come on, Holy Spirit, release me. I've got to get home. I've gone as far as I can. He goes, no, go ask him for a screwdriver. So I go to the guy at Kroger. I'm like, do you got a screwdriver? He goes, I don't think I have one. Oh, yes, I do. I have one. Here it is. Great. I walk back with the screwdriver. Pop it off. It's not moving. You gotta call somebody. I've done everything I can. I jumped on the bolt. I got it off. I took off the thing. It just won't come off. And I was like, 
Don't leave yet. Don't stop. Boom. I'm banging this thing. I'm banging it. And there it comes off. So I get it off now and I put it there. And I get the spear. And I'm like, it won't fit. I'm like, I'm sorry. It just, it won't fit. I can't get it out. You got to call somebody. Kroger's is open 24-7. You can wait in Kroger. Call somebody. They come and help you. I got to go. I'm sweating now. And that's why I got my Oakleys. Because when I sweat, they stay on stronger. You know what I mean? And so, little commercial right there for Oakley, you know. Oakley, send me the referral bonus with that. Okay, so that's my glasses. And so I put it on there, and I get it, and she's safe. And I said, what I want you to do now is give God glory. Because of strategic season, God knew that you were going to need help. You're there, and he tells me, no, bro, go get gas right now. And so I can help this person to get on their way. What I'm going to tell you by telling the entire story was this. If we ever become more aware of God's presence, we will see so many more victories in our lives. We really will. God has this unlimited resource of victories for you. And so when you, when you, when you accomplish one, God goes, but I got more lined up. And you accomplish none, God says, I got more. And the only thing that limits you to see all the victories is time. Think about that. The only thing that limits the reality and the revelation of God in your life is time. And so that's why strategic season has to deal with time. And so it's a carefully designed moment of time when the plan of God is personally adhered to, resulting in prophetic alignment, alignment that governs your practical action steps. So where we want to get to today is this personally adherence to. What we want to do today in the time we have together is for you to take ownership of your relationship with God. Can we do that? What does it look like to literally stand in God's presence and say, God, I believe in you. I'm getting all the voices that are talking to me. I got all these different directions that are taking place, but I am going to stay right here and I'm going to for the I'm going to be in the moment with the Messiah. I'm going to be this this it's going to feel like I'm actually going to have eternal life now. See, eternal life is a type of life. It's not for when you get to heaven, you live forever in eternity. Eternal life, and that's what Jesus says, that if you believe it, you have eternal life. It's a type of life. What kind of life are you living? An eternal life. So I think differently. I don't, I don't respond to the systems of this world. Because it limits the victories that I can accomplish in my life. So what does it really mean to personally... Adhere. What does it mean to, 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 to stay in the moment, to turn off the cell phone? I mean, that's the challenge that when you go out to eat, and Megan has to remind us as we're eating dinner, put away the phone. Put it away because we need to be in the moment. And sometimes with God, we just have to put away the thoughts, put away the negativity, put away everything and just be in the moment and say, God, are you really for me? Are you really for me? I mean, bless Megan and bless Danny and bless Lizzie and bless the gathering place. But God, are you really for me? You're for all the people over in the other nations and I'm hearing all the things. But God, in the secret places of my life, are you really for me? I'm trying to raise these kids by myself. Are you really for me, God? I look back over my life and I look at all the decisions I've made. God, are you really for me? What does it look like, the gathering place, to have that personal relationship with God? Who knows all things? Who's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore? And on this journey, three things we're going to realize. That by the time you leave here, you're going to know without a shadow of a doubt that I am in a strategic season. And I personally know that God is for me. We're going to look at that today. So this game of chess, which I know nothing about. I like it because of the need for a strategy. 
So God knows my incompetence, so he graces me with his level of revelation. <clears throat> and he says, let me reveal to you the game of chess, since you don't have a clue. And I'm going to put this in your spirit to talk to the people of God to know about this. So, he allows me to watch this movie, and it's called Life of a King. It's with Cuban Gooden Jr., one of the great actors. One of the great brothers, you know, I can act. So, um... You know, Goodwill Hunt. And what was it? Yeah, the one about um, a few good men. Is that the one? Is it? Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, the diving one. Yeah. That was a good one, wasn't it? Give me my 10. One. Sorry, you give me after. Two. Three. Give it to me. You know what I mean? I want my 10. And so God is saying, give me my 10 percent. No, I'm joking. Okay, let's go. So watch this now. So, so, <laughs> so we're here. And in the movie, um, he's, he's playing the role of a guy named Eugene Brown. He is from Washington, D.C. And Eugene Brown, because of not being strategic in his life, made some decisions. And he robbed the bank and he was arrested and he was given, uh, I think almost two decades he sat in prison. But while in prison, he learned the game of chess and his inmate taught him. And in the movie, I was watching it, there was one part that just really captured me and I believe that's what God was trying for me to, to, to get from the movie he, when Cuban, Cuban was leaving prison or Eugene Brown was leaving who he's acting as he said I want you to protect the king he says when you get out there protect the king keep that in your mind protect the king every other player every other piece on the board they exist to protect the king that that sink in Every single piece exists to protect the king. No matter what you do, make sure you protect the king. Because the game isn't over as long as the king is in play. I'm not talking LeBron James. As long as the king is in play, we can still have victory. But the moment the king is no longer in play, ooh, there it is game's over. And so I, I, I got to think, and do you remember the story in the Bible? For some of you may not be familiar with the story. Do you remember they came to arrest Jesus? No, okay. You guys are glad you're back there, right? So, get up here. so um, they come to arrest Jesus, and they go to the place where he was consistent. He's so consistent, we know he will be where he said he's going to be. Come on. That's the Savior that we serve. Consistent. That he's so strategic. So strategic. The Jamaican almost came out. So strategic. That they said, I know where he's going to be. That Judas was able to say, trust me, I've been with him. I'm betraying him, but one thing I know is that he's consistent. I may not be consistent, but I know he's consistent. And so he goes and he's, in, he's, he's where he's supposed to be. And they come up and they said, are you Jesus whom we search? And just the mention of his name. You don't want to miss next month's sermon series. Name brand. Just the mention of his name. The soldiers who are trained as military. Strong. I told you last week I was describing David, which is really me. And now I'm going to describe the soldiers, and they were strong and buff, again, just like me. So here they are now, these strong, come on, baby, you didn't say loud enough, amen, honey. There you go. Okay. I understand everybody else can say quiet. So they say the name Jesus. So these are men who understood to have the, their feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That the, the, the footing was vital because as they were holding that, that shield, as the enemy was coming, they had to make sure that their feet were firmly planted so they couldn't be pushed back and lose ground. I'm describing the soldiers to you. These weren't just some bunch of whims that just went after Jesus. These were strong individuals that were on orders from the king to go arrest the king. And so just the mention of his name pushed them back. 
Come on, the darkness of this culture, just say his name. Oof. If the church will just say his name, we can push the culture back to hell from where it came from. If we just say Jesus, not Buddha, not Muhammad, come on somebody. That's why it's an offense to say the name of Jesus. You can say whatever name you want to say and the culture will embrace you. But when you just find on the resources inside of you, when I think of the goodness of when I think of the goodness of Oh, you're pushing the culture back. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, you're pushing the culture back. When I think of the goodness of you're pushing the culture back. When I think of the goodness of Ah, uh, there's no other name but the name of Jesus. Ah. Come on, mom and dads. I know you'll get mad, but just in the midst of your anger, just say, Jesus, you got to help me with these kids. Huh? You, you know what, Sneha? I was watching War Room, um, and I love the scene in War Room where she just had enough is enough. And she walks down into that 5,000 square foot home she was living in. And she says, now listen here, devil. Enough is enough. You got to get your belongings and get up out of my house. I mean, she had an attitude. And see, when you understand the culture is trying to corrupt your kids, trying to corrupt your joy, trying to steal things from me that don't belong. Come on. Jesus, I can't you my life and have it more abundantly. And she got to a place where she says, now get up out of my house. And in case you don't know the exit, let me open the door for you. Come on, somebody. And take your stuff and come out of my house because the culture has been robbing me of joy for too long. You got to get an attitude and just say the name of Jesus. So to my point, we're supposed to be protecting the king. And so all of a sudden now, Peter takes a sword and says, you will not touch the Messiah. He was still thinking politically. He was still thinking as a Jew, waiting for the restoration of the kingdom back to Israel again. The David's promise, Peter is with the Messiah but still has a tradition that's affecting his theology. And so he's conflicted, but he all he knows, I've got to protect the king. And he takes the sword out and he cuts off the ear of the soldier. And Jesus then, the one who they came to arrest, was arrested because of compassion. He says, I know what you're trying to do to me, but there's something on the inside of me. It's called the Father's voice. And so I've got to move strategically in what I'm doing because I'm aware of God's presence. And so therefore, I want no one to be lost. And he takes the ear back and he does a miracle in their midst. The Messiah, who their agenda is to destroy, gives life. And so the church is not here to destroy you. The church is here to give you life. And when we push back against the culture, it's because you're blinded and you can't see the danger and the destruction that's ahead. So because of compassion and because it's the strategic season and because I'm moved by an awareness of God, I'm now going to bring about a healing so you can hear. Because there's a gospel message that must be preached. And if you cannot hear the word of the Lord, you won't be able to come to an awareness of what God is doing. So he takes it now. Church, we've got to take the things that's been cut off and we've got to put those things back. We've got to do so people can hear. And so all of a sudden now, he does that and he says, put the sword away, Peter. He corrects his tradition. He corrects his, his thought pattern. And he says, no, let me give you theology. He says, it's not about the sword. If you want to protect me, let's go to the book of John. Because John was considered the, the beloved disciple, which is interesting because he's the only one that writes in his book that he's the beloved disciple. Guess what? John writes about himself. He is the most beloved disciple. 
He didn't take a vote. He didn't ask the other disciples. He said, I'm claiming this title. I am whom Jesus loved. Come on. And I lean in a place of intimacy. So then that's why you hear what John says about protecting the king. Here's what John writes. He notices the prayer of Jesus. And in John chapter 17, he gives this, this prayer. Not the Lord's prayer. That's for you and I. Jesus' prayer is a prayer that's towards the Father. And he says, Lord, I go back to be glorified now. The glory I had in heaven. Come on, somebody. I want to get that glory back again. And so he's talking about daddy. I missed you. I can't wait to be back with you but i know my purpose on earth here is strategic and then he says this if you want to protect the king if you want to keep the king in play in america if you want the king to have rule and reign here is how you do it he says this and i quote father let them be one that the world may know that i'm authentic And so we are in a perfect storm. We are in a perfect storm for the church to rise up and be one. And the world will know we have to say the name of Jesus. We have to say the name of Jesus. So therefore we must live strategically then if we're going to see that take place in our lives. Amen somebody? And and that's the whole point. Come on. Someone say I'm going to protect the king. So as I'm helping this lady out, here's what she tells me. She goes, I'm so glad you're here. She goes, because, because if it was somebody white, I don't know if they would stop. And I went, no, there are people who are white who love Jesus and would do this too. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Come on, had a bumper sticker on the back of our car, follow me to this church. Oh, y'all missed that. On the back of our car, bumper sticker, follow me to this particular church. And here she is now saying, oh, somebody white, they wouldn't help. See how deep-rooted this thing is? See how deep this thing really is? And that's what the government's like. We've got to form a policy. Oh, we can't solve that. We've got to do this. We can't solve that. The church needs to wake up, come on, and say, we have the answer. We are going to protect the king. We are going to become one. So you will know that Jesus, someone say Jesus. Jesus. He's authentic. Over in Iran, over in Iraq, when the Shuni and the Shiites are arguing, guess what? When they come to know Jesus, they put back thousands of years of hatred and they come together. And someone says, how in the world that America couldn't form a peace treaty? But how come you two can live together? It's not about a piece of paper. It's about the person. His name is Jesus Christ. And I want to protect the king. And we protect the king in Marion when we come together as one. Someone said, protect the king. Yes, yes, so we have, to, we have to protect the king. And how we go ahead and protect the king is that we live a life that is strategic. We live a life that is strategic. And so we looked at Isaiah 46, 9 to 11, and, and we continue. And we looked at the plan of God and all that God has planned for us. And so I want to share with you what God's plan really is for us. How many know what a GPS is? Hmm? A GPS. Oh, what's a GPS? global positioning system so here it is now that God's heartbeat has always been about having a plan it's always been about God's plan God has a plan for Marion God has a plan for this church God has a plan for every church in this community and God has a plan for your life and all we're doing is saying God what is your plan because your plan will always work and so when we come together when we gather together it's to hear God's plan for your life God didn't come God didn't send Jesus, rather, to destroy your life. He came that you might have life. He came that you might have life. And I'm telling you, I'm like a pit bull. When I meet you for the first time and I see potential inside of you, I am going to be on that and I'm going to bite you. And I'm going to, not literally, I'm going to bite you until you know, guess what? There's someone that believes in me and they're not letting me go until I believe in myself. And that's all we need. See, see, when we're protecting the king, we believe in each other. When we're protecting the king, we know that there's gifts inside of us. When we're protecting the king, we come together. We move our agendas out of the way so the anointing can flow freely. Come on, somebody. Because when you protect the king, you live in the overflow of God's goodness and of God's grace. And you say, if it had not been for God, I surely wouldn't be where I'm right now. So I always in a posture of humility. So the GPS is the global positioning system. But you got to know where you're going in order to punch in and utilize that equipment. If you don't know where you're going, it makes no sense to have all the devices in the world that can give you direction. 
You got to know where you're going. But the global position system also knows where you are. So it carefully designs, it carefully outlines for you the best route for you to go. And if there's a detour, come on, you can hit a detour button <laughs> that takes you around the things that are holding you back. And I'm so glad that God only has one plan, but he's got a detour button. And sometimes the enemy gets us off of this way and gets us over this way and gets us over this way. But guess what? God is going to get us to where we need to be because God is for us and he's not against us. Aha, come on somebody. He's for us and not against us. And so here it is now. The global positioning system. And the first example of salvation that we can see in the Old Testament. A great example of that is Esther. Esther who was born. Who the parents were gone. And the enemy says, see Esther, how are you going to know who you are? Mommy and daddy is gone. God said, I've got somebody called Mordecai. Who is going to step into that role. Because destiny is calling your name Esther. And so here it is that Mordecai now raised her up as a daughter. And raised her up to the place of where she knew who she was and here it is now if you're familiar with the story of Esther Esther now goes and Esther now is put in a position <laughs> in the then known world and Persia had control of everything God's like global positioning system oh God I'm you're sitting there, God, have you forgotten about me? God says, no, 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 baby. I got my GPS on you. And just in the right moment, I'm going to come and I'm going to help you. It's called salvation. Listen to me. Salvation is not just about going to heaven. That's fire insurance. That's all we see it as. You get saved, you won't go to hell. And God is saying, don't limit the work I've done. I sent my son to die to bring you salvation. And you're going to limit it to you won't go to hell? A place I never designed for you in the first place? A place I never designed for you in the first place? I'll say that again. A place I never designed for you in the first place. Proton, that word first. Come on, somebody. God always is about first. He's always about first. He's always about first. It's called the original design. And so here he is now. And Esther now is placed there. And so the word went out. It was a hostile environment. The word went out that, 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 that Haman paid money to get permission from the authorities to destroy a nation. Listen to me. The love of money is the root of all evil. Not money. And there are people who the enemy is using and conniving to take money, resources, and they're getting their agenda to go forward. While the church is here and we're sitting down thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to survive. And God's like saying, listen, you have wealth. I have empowered you with wealth. But because we have no strategic plan, God's like, you don't need no money then. Come on. How many of you, your parents here, you, you have a child. Raise your hand. You, you, you're, a parent. you're a parent. Come on. Or you're not ashamed to say you're a parent, okay? Because you can. <laughs> Think about the resources you need to raise godly children. The university you believe that God wants them to go to. And you're going to make a decision versed on dollars. But we've been conditioned because of Babylonian system. Because of a name. Ooh. It's called name brand. So if you go to Harvard, ooh, you got this. If you go to Princeton, you got this. And if you go to this, you got this. But there are people who never went to school. Come on. <laughs> and making millions and millions and millions of dollars. Huh? Because of a relationship, a connection. They were wealthy. And so if God tells you to send your child to Harvard, he will provide the resources so the destiny can be fulfilled. If we know that we personally adhere to the promise of God. If God is for us. I want to sink in. In your marriage. In, in whatever. In leading the church. In, in your own company. Whatever it is. Think strategically. Think strategically. Carefully designed. Be in God's presence. It is not a waste of your time. If you're in God's presence and you're bored, you're not in God's presence. I don't know where you are, but you're not in God's presence. 
And the reason why I know that is because we can go to a movie like Lord of the Rings that's three hours long and we stay awake for it. We don't sleep. Come on. We're fully awake eating our popcorns. Drinking our Diet Coke. Say Diet Coke. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we stay awake. But then we get into God's presence. <laughs> oh, God. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, can I draw something for you? I'm, I'm going I'm to share with you. I'm going to give you an insight because you're all here. Thank you for coming. And, 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 and so I'm going to share something with you that typically I would work with a client on or someone that wants to learn a strategy. And I said that last Sunday. If you really want to go deeper into this and have a life strategy for your life, uh, I'm not going to do it on Sunday because I want people who really want to be here and I can break it down for you, okay? But I'm going to share something with you, how critical it is for us to be in alignment, okay? So in here, okay, is where control Okay? Control. That's what most people want. They want control over their life. Right? I, I want control of my life. It's right here. Okay? And down here is the choices. Choices. Okay? So, control is only given to one individual who has no end and no beginning. So, control exists in eternity. Control exists in God. So no matter where you get in your life and how much control you want, you have to bow. Listen to me. And I say that forcefully. You have to bow to God because he will give his control to nobody. If the angels in heaven and Lucifer said, I want what you have, cause him to fall. And I mean, he had music built inside of him. So when he moved like this, music just came out. And that's why music and media is so vital. That's why he attacks the media and the music because he knows that if I can mesmerize the minds of the people and if I can get a generation to be passive and to be asleep and I'll just do all these type of things and I'll get this Pokemon craze to go and everyone just looking around where they're going. I got them all controlled and everything. Like, Oop, did I just say that? I'm, I'm sorry. You, you, but, but just all the different things that are taking place to mesmerize us so we miss them. We're not aware of where God is. And so, and so, we want control. And you can tell them when someone's in the flesh, when they rise up and want control, because God is now saying, you will not have control. I want control. You will not have control. I want control. You will not have control. Okay, make the choice to be in control then. And tell me how that works out for you. So when you can throw the stars in the galaxy, and, 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 and when you can make all the planets to function according to design, then come and talk to me. Have a seat at the table, Job. When, when, Job, when you can do all the things that I've done, then you can sit where I sit. But until then, I've got a position for you that's a little lower than me, LOM. Oof. He says, I've given you a position not lower than the angels, lower than me, LOM. The theologians were so afraid to write the word God that they put angels there in Psalms because they didn't want to think, oh my gosh, are you really saying that's our global position and system? Is that we're just a little bit lower than Elohim? God's like, yeah, absolutely. That's where you are. And so what happens is we have choices to make and, and we battle with thousands of thoughts every single day science tells that between 7,000 and 20,000 different words and, and all those different choices we have to make over 20,000 choices what do I put on what do I do this how do I brush my teeth all these choices we have to make and what happens is this we need a filter system into our choices and so what happens is we now need to come to the church church right so the church now it says it's the pillar and the ground of truth so some of my choices are factual but they're not truth and so i gotta have a filter system that gets to a place of truth and so what happens is this now and so you're at a movie now and it takes no energy whatsoever to stare at the big screen okay okay and we're just like a puppet looking like this 
But when you get out of the movie theater, now you have to make a decision. Which way do I go home? What do I do here now? How do I look at this? All these temptations, all the things we're facing. And so we need a filter system now, and it's called the church. And so when you come to the church now, the church now, watch this, and that's why there's conflict. That's why there's friction. Because you're coming with your choice that is based on the earth realm, and the church is coming from the spiritual realm. Because God is the one that designed the church, the called out ones, to hold each other accountable so we can then filter what's going on. And so what happens now, guess, guess where we get hurt? Guess is the place where we get hurt? Right here in the church. And so the things that we thought were true, we no longer believe anymore. And so right in between here is where the conflict takes place. And the enemy fights us. Because if we will ever get in alignment... With our choice, lines to the church, and God's in control, we literally would take so much territory that the enemy knows his time is short. So that's why God brings a prophetic word to line you up with God who's in control, lines you up with the church so you can make healthy choices, so you can walk in victory. Does that make sense? That's being strategic. And that's what God wants to do. And so he says, you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. And it's right here. And it's trying to, so a revelation comes to you, like, like in the back, a revelation is coming to you. And all of a sudden, oops, this thought comes like squirrel. And, you, and something's going, and you're like, you're about to get, you're about to, yes, I'm getting that revelation to walk in victory, squirrel. And you're going again, and it's like, oh, I'm a whip, no, I'm squirrel. And you're missing it. And you come back in now, and you think, well, how was church born? Why? I don't know why. It's because you missed the moment. You missed the moment. And that's why when you come to church, and you sit beside somebody, ask them, are you a praiser or not? Because I'm about to get my groove on. And I don't want to offend you and miss my moment. So if you're going to be bothered... By my praise, let me know so I can go sit somewhere else. Because I got thousands of choices I have to make. And I want to surrender to God being in control. Because this thing is personal for me. This thing is personal for me. And faith brought me here in the midst of everything that's going on. Faith brought me here. Okay? So now, watch this now. So let's take a look at this of how we can make this thing personal. So the GPS, the GPS is global position system and Esther was right there. And Mordecai says, you came into the kingdom for such a time as this. You received this position of queen to be able to help us and deliver us out. And so God has positioned you, Leo. He's positioned every single one of us that's aware of where God has positioned us so we can become, guess what? A delivery system. It's a delivery system. At work, they train us on how to use oxygen. That if someone needs oxygen, and they say it never hurts to give somebody oxygen. It doesn't matter what they're facing. You can't hurt someone by giving them oxygen. And so they say that we breathe out a certain amount of oxygen, but it's not enough. You need a delivery system. So watch this now. When God shows to me, he's amazing. God now goes, and he, in the beginning, he lays it out, and he says, okay, ready? I've made man in my life, amazing. and he breathes oxygen. His breath into them. They came up in a position of authority. And so they taught us at work, and they said, they said, but this device needs a delivery system to get to the person who needs oxygen. And what you have to do is you have to take this mask, and you've got to put it over your face, and we turn it on, and the oxygen flows into the delivery system. And so you and I are a delivery system that God wants us to be able to breathe life. Because there's people that can't breathe. <sighs> Ooh, that took the wind out of me. Oh, that enemy just knocked the wind out of me. That, that, that situation, that death, that, that heartache, that divorce, that pressure, that pain, it knocked the wind out of me. And so I'm deflated out like this. You tell me to lift up your heads, all the people, and I can't because Danny calls it deflate. It, it's, it's like we tell Lizzie she can't do something, she deflates. She just, her whole body just changes position because of what you heard. And you hear news and you hear, you get a doctor's report, you get something and all of a sudden your posture changes now. And you need oxygen. You need to come around the people who can say, breathe life into me. Breathe life into me. Because I know that God's not finished with me yet. And so we have a delivery system. And so watch this now. So God is saying now, his GPS is not just a global positioning system. God's GPS is God is saying, 
God planned salvation. God planned salvation. Revelation says, the writer John, that Jesus was slain from the foundation of the earth. So it tells me that your salvation was already planned before we even got here. Oh my goodness. Can I teach one more thing real quick and then I'm going to give you the three. Then we'll get out to you. I promise you. So in this realm here is where purpose exists. And in here is where season exists. Okay. I told you there's five seasons. One, two, three, four, five. There are five seasons. And if you come outside of Sunday, I'm going to break down these seasons for you. And so watch this now. Watch this now. So, Ian, to parent successfully, you have to recognize the season that your children are in. Because if I parent them out of season, I can frustrate them. Have an expectation they can't meet. But if I don't know their season, I may delay their growth by not giving them what they need. And so you've got to know the seasons that they're in. As a pastor, I've got to know what season that you're in. Right? So if I can pastor you in your season, you can be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And so there are five seasons that, that, that exist right here. Now in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, it says there are time and seasons for every purpose under the heaven. That word purpose is not speaking up here where God exists. Because Solomon was talking about his experience in life and all the wisdom he had. And he says it was nothing. And he ends by saying, fear God, young people. Fear God and keep his commandment. So that word purpose in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 means activity. For every, there's a time and a season for every activity under the heavens. And Ecclesiastes 12 means that, listen, fear God, keep his commandment, live a life of purpose, live heaven on earth. In the season that you're in, make choices, understand the church, destroy the enemy with the conflict so God can be in control. And so watch this now, watch this now. So, um, we had a lot of birthdays in the month of July. If you're born in July, raise your hand, we had a bunch. Look at all these beautiful people born in July. God bless you, but August is a better month. So, but, but, but happy birthday anyways, but August really is the better month, okay? Who's, who's, who's born in August? Woohoo! Oh, yeah! <laughs> Some break dance, okay. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Don't let me cut a rug now. Okay, so, so watch this now. So... <laughs> And now I'm going to get out of the frame, but I got a high five on that one there. <laughs> I'm trying to stay in my spot. You are making me get out of there. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo, okay. <laughs> rewind, rewind, okay. So watch this now. <laughs> so August 16, 1988, that, that, that's, when I, that's when I gave my heart to the Lord. But I was born naturally... August 14th, 1970. So I was born, I was born a time in the earth. Physically, I was born. Now someone said that the two greatest time in your life is the day you were born and the second when you know why you were born. Most of us know the day we were born and we have a birthday celebration. But we don't know why we were born. And so here it is now, right? That my mom already had up until me, there was what, seven already? No, six, right? Seven, eight, yeah. There was already six children already born. But God said, I'm not finished yet. I'm not finished yet. You've got to give birth. And so John chapter one says that I was born not because my mom and dad were in the mood. I wasn't born because of the will of man. Hey, honey, you ready? Let's go. You know what I mean? Be... Squirrel. No, okay. You know what I mean? Not because of the mood. Richard's like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. All the married men in here. Okay, next I was in the mood. But because of the will of God. So when God created us, watch this now. I don't care what philosophy and psychology teaches you. You are a three-part being. You are a spirit who has a body and you possess a soul. And God speaks to all three. And so what happens now is that you're a spirit. And so you existed in eternity. Spirit, you existed in eternity. Because it says, let's make man in our likeness, in our image. And God is spirit. 
But he knows now, because God decreed a law, that no one can exist in the earth without having a body. That's why it is illegal to be in the earth without a body. We call that a demon. You have no authority in this realm because you don't have a body. Hence, that's why they want to possess you to get a body to be legal. And that's why when laws are passed, it is a spirit that involves somebody that goes to parliament, here my Canadian, or goes to the White House and says, I want you to move my agenda because I can't do it if I come in without a body. They'll identify me if I come without a body because the church is equipped to live spiritually. So I will then go in somebody and have them go down to Orlando and shoot up the nightclub and I'll make them be so divisive and so separated they'll forget about me because I'm hiding right here because I used a body. And because I came in a body, they're not going to have to argue and fight over. Because I have a body, they're going to argue. Because I have a body, they're going to argue and fight over. And so even God himself said, I can't break my own law. And that's why when Jesus walked the earth, the demons were saying, what are you doing here? Who gives you authority? And just says, I've got a body. So I can move in this realm. I can move amongst you. Because the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Come on, when you understand. When you understand not just that you were born. When you understand the reason why you were born. You live a strategic life. And you can protect the king. It's about protecting the body. Because we make God legal in the earth realm. We don't need Supreme Court. We don't need Congress. We don't need a president. We don't need no senators. All we need is the church to declare the word of the Lord. God, you are legal. So all of a sudden, that's when I came. That's when I got saved. And so what happens now is... The meaning of life. Young people, listen to this. Because, oh, what's the meaning of life? I'm so confused. I have no direction. Let me, let me solve it for you. When your purpose and your season comes together, it's called you have meaning. When your purpose and your season comes together, you have purpose. You are not aborted. That means of all the thousands and the millions of sperms that were trying to get to your, the egg come on somebody, you were born a winner. Come on, because you already beat everybody else. You beat everybody else. Come on, somebody. So you came out a winner. You just don't know it yet. You're just not aware of it yet. So you're behaving contrary to your design. It's called malfunction. It's called dysfunction. And so God now says, how can I solve this? Well, I'll just do what I told them. I'll just leave heaven and come on down on earth. And so he walks amongst us, right? And what we see now is this. And, and, and so we see that this connection comes together. And what happens is I was born August uh, 14th, 1970, but I was born again August 16th, 1988. And so the time from when I entered the earth realm and from the time when I got my uh, 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 awareness of God, there's been time loss. Hence the word redemption means to redeem, means to buy back. So just in case the enemy says, but look at your past, Jesus is right here. What are you talking about? What past? And when I get anxious to look for my future, Jesus is there saying, hey, what are you talking about? I'm in his future. So he said, just live in the moment, live right now in the present because I'm in your past. I've redeemed it and I'm in your future. I'll take care of it. So stay right here. Someone say, I'm in the moment. Come on, tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I'm living in the moment. No, I literally want you to tell your neighbor, I'm living in the moment. I'm lined up prophetically what God has to my life. So look out. Because when I get these three principles I'm about to give you right now, I am going to be so on fire for God. Ooh, good God Almighty. Line them up, Lord. Line them up. And so we have people. God is over here. And you're still way back here. And some of you are over here and God is right over here. He says, you got to line up. You got to line up. Because you got to be strategic. Okay? So watch that. Let me give you the three things, then we'll get out of here. Okay? Three things, then we'll, we'll, we'll get out of here. Real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Okay? So watch this now. Uh, here's why this is important. So in Marion, Marion County, there's over 65,355 residents who call Marion County their home. 65,355, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. In that, there's over 24,586 households in Marion County. The medium age is 40 plus years old. 
The workforce is over 27,000 people employed. About 1,391 are unemployed. So your employment rate is 4.9 unemployment rate. Now, why would I bore you and, and share that information with you? Well, when your child graduated, and I talked about this last week, we said, hey, God knows the plans he has for you, plans to prosper you, plans to, to give you a future and a good hope. And in the context of that, Jeremiah said, pray for the prosperity of your city, because if the city prospers, you prosper as well. And so being the answer, being the delivery system that's bringing God's plan salvation, we want to be able to know strategically where we are. So we've got to know the environment. We've got to know what's going on. And say, God, now how can I strategically go ahead as I pray for the city to see the city prosper? Because we want that employment rate to be zero. Because if we understand now that what God is doing in us and God is doing through us, and if it becomes zero now, we become the talk of the entire nation. And people say, what is going on in Marion? And when they step into Marion, they'll see the glory of God and be like, oh my gosh, this is what it looks like to make God legal in the earth? Yeah, it's called living in a strategic season. And let me teach you how to do it. And so now we become that city on a hill, that shining city on a hill. And people can say, wow, there is great things in Marion that God is doing. Okay, so here are the three things we have to do. Real quick, the three things you have to do is this. Okay, so, so um, Zacchaeus now, um, in the Bible, he hears about Jesus, he climbs up on the tree, he says, I've got to see Jesus, but I'm short, I can't get to him. Jesus walks by now, and he says, Zacchaeus, we've got to come to your house. So the first thing you have to do to live strategically, you have to invite Jesus into your house. Now, he's wanting to come into your house, you have to let him in. Zacchaeus didn't say, come to my house, Jesus says, I want to come to your house. Zacchaeus came down and says, oh my gosh, come. So the first thing you have to do to live strategically and to make it personal, you have to invite Jesus into your house. He's got to come into your house. He's got to be in every single room. Okay? So that's the first thing. And so once you do that and you start having a conversation with Jesus, Zacchaeus now stands up in Luke chapter 19 and he says, Oh my goodness, I've never heard teaching like this before. You gave me purpose. You gave me understanding. You gave me revelation. And here's what Jesus says. He says now, the reason why we have to celebrate and say salvation has come to his house is here. Stay, just give me two more minutes. He says, because this now, he is a son of Abraham. He goes back to the promise that he said way back in Genesis 15, Genesis 16 of Abraham. He says this individual has a promise that's been given to him from all the way back. And so when I step into the earth realm, it's to restore what I told Abraham that I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a promise and it's got to come to pass. And I don't care how much time has elapsed in your life. When God has declared a promise over your life, I don't care if one generation raised up and dies, another generation raised up and dies another generation raised up and dies god remember his promise there are promise in that you are living that was spoken in before your daddy and your granddaddy and your granddaddy and your granddaddy and your granddaddy and god is saying i have planned salvation for you and it's not just about going to heaven it's about bringing heaven on earth. And so the first thing you must do, hear me now, church, hear me gather in place, young people, listen to me. We must invite Jesus into our space. We must invite Jesus into our area of influence. We must invite Jesus in. If you want to be transformed, you have to invite him in. The second thing is this. The second thing you have to do once you invite him in is this. You now have to go ahead and you have to occupy until he returns. So you have to now take your gifts and talents and you've got to use them for the Lord. You've got to go out there and publicly tell people, I actually love Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've got to, you got to use your gift. It, it, you, come on, you got to use your gift. You got to use your gift. Someone say, use your gift. Paul told Timothy, you got to stir up the gift that's inside of you. Because I'm telling you this, I'm telling you this, and then I'm going to pray. I'm going to tell you this. There's no doubt that people are praying all over this world and all over America. People are praying and say, God, we need you. Every time. Another nation now had another terrorist attack. It's, it's coming like now like in weeks and days. From terrorists to, to, to police shooting to police being shot. It's just getting to a place now where people, if you listen to the news media outlet, my gosh, what's going on? I said, God, are you going to take us out of here now? And somebody like, God, come down. Mikey. No, you can't come yet, Jesus. There are people that don't know you as Lord and Savior. They haven't made a personal relationship with you. You can't come yet. So God is saying, then get to work then. 
get to work than Jesus that came to do the work that my father told me to do. And he did his work on the earth because he understood it's about the quality of life, not the quantity of life. And he understood I've got to do the work. So the first thing, you have to invite him in and then you have to do the work. You have to do the work. Young man back there, you are gifted by God. You may not know it yet, but I'm telling you, there are things inside of you that if you ever give God an opportunity, he will take you places that you will never, you could never imagine in your own, in your own mind if you ever understand that. Huh? If you understand that. Okay, think about it. Think about that. So you've got you've to go to work. The second thing is you have to work it out. You've got to work it out. Philippians 2 verse 12 and 13. The Apostle Paul says, work out your salvation. Work out the sozo. Work out the salvation. You've got to work it out. Someone say, work it out. You've got to live this thing out. Someone say, live it out. Come on, come on. You've got to live it out. Live it out. You are the word. Live it out. Live out the word of God in your life. Be strategic about that. Because someone needs the word of grace that comes into your heart and your mind. You got to work it out. You got to work out this salvation. You got to work it out. You got to work it out. And finally, and I'm going to end with this. The third thing you have to do is you have to learn to just say no. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. The scripture I'll give you. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. And this is where I'll end. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. The NIV says it this way. For the grace of God, Titus 2, verse 11 and 12. For the grace of God has appeared that offered salvation to all people. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say, no. I raise my voice not because I think you're deaf. I raise my voice so the enemy can know that with authority I'm telling them, no. No more. No more. No more. Will you, will I live in defeat? It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. In 2016, the word of God is saying, I've given you grace, Karen, that you can live in this present age. I don't care what is going on in your life. I've given you the grace so you can live in this present life. You can live strategically. And that is exactly what God wants to understand and what God wants us to receive. That we have to learn to say no. And one of the things you have to learn to say no as you leave this place, as I launch you out, is you're going to now start saying, watch this, it's more than a slogan that Nancy Reagan came together to how to get rid of drugs. Because science would tell you it doesn't work just to say no. But I may tell you, the scripture says, just say no. Oh, good God Almighty. Now watch this now. He says, for the grace of God has appeared. That brings salvation to all people. You have an oxygen tank. And so you're walking now and all people, black, white, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The grace of God, you experience grace. And now you're going about doing a work. You're working it out. And everyone you see, you're saying, hey, salvation is available for you. Hey, Leo, salvation is available for you. All people. Back there, salvation is available for you. Sozo, life is available for you. So in the secret place where you think no one knows, life is available. In the hard place, parenting these, 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 uh, these lovely children, salvation is available. In the place of my job, where they get on my nerves, sozo is available. In the thoughts of my past, what my parents did to me, didn't do to me, and didn't do for me, Sozo's available. So, salvation is available to all people. And if you're here this morning and you're lost, because God's not lost, but you're lost, Jesus told the crowd, I came to seek and save those who are lost. I have the GPS system. 
And I'm punching in your name. I A N E. God's got a purpose for you. I'm punching in your name. L E O Leo. Boom. I'm punching in your name, motherfucker. I'm punching in your name, my. Come on. He knows your name. And he puts it in his GPS. He says, God planned salvation. I left the place of, of heaven to come down to earth so you can have heaven on earth. So with every head bowed, every eyes closed, what we need, what we need, and I thank you for the time you've given me. And for some of you, I may have went too long. For some of you, I hope I wasn't long enough. But hopefully, hopefully we hit it right in the sweet spot of God's grace. And right now, I want to let you know, what we need now is grace to live in this thing. We need the grace of God that empowers us. We need the grace of God because, God, thank you, Holy Ghost. Listen, it's time for you to walk in your purpose and your destiny. Just say no longer slave to fear just say no longer slave to fear I am a child of God say with me say no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God and if you're here in this place for the time that I've been privileged to share the gospel with you. If you're now ready to say, Pastor Roe, this thing's now personal. This thing is personal. I want you right where you are, right where you are to acknowledge the grace of God. And every head bowed, every eyes closed. If you now want to just give me another 60 seconds if you want to embrace the salvation of God and embrace and believe this is the time this is the moment Father we thank you so much for your goodness and for your grace come on go ahead and worship him go ahead and worship him worship him worship him come on come on come on God's GPS He knows your name He's coming for you Father bless your people Come on say who needs more grace Say I need more grace I need more grace Now Father bless your people As they leave this place In the name of Jesus Jesus 